I actually think you could get into Game of Thrones because it has really great storylines, and I wasn't oh, into okay. fantasy okay. before that at all. Is this a recommendation? Uh, well, look, this one is so like daunting that I'm not going to be like, you need to watch it. I'm not going to bring it up on the show and make it like a Tyler Reviews Season 1 I, of Game I, of Thrones. I, I, no, Star I, Wars, no problem. I have my list right now. <laughs> of, well, Star Wars is quick. You're in, you're out, you see right. Chewbacca. But it is just such a good show that I think you would actually enjoy it. Like, it's no joke. Game of Thrones, the whole series, is my favorite show of all time. It okay. is a good show. Yes. For okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, you just maybe pay attention. That's- down the line I'll give it a shot. Like, but I have shows I'm waiting to watch. The next one we're going to watch is, uh, and this is old school, but I haven't seen it before, uh, Arrested Development. Oh, man. So I've only seen the first, like, three uh, seasons. Okay. But it is hilarious. Yeah, man. Great show. It. Really well. It's it's super funny. And the episodes are quick and palatable. Like, uh, you'd be in, you, you would appreciate the humor. Like, I guarantee you both would enjoy that show. Kind of okay. reminded me of, like, a Parks and Rec or an Office-type show. Kind of. It's not, like, set up like that where it's, like, a... I mean, it, it, it is, I guess you're right. Like, it's, like, a fake documentary or whatever. But um, it, it just has, like... Re- it's one of those comedies that has... Like, they're really good at bringing back jokes. You know what I mean? Sure. Where like, And it gets funnier and funnier every time they bring it back. Uh, really fantastic show. Fantastic. fantastic. All right. Well, now I have a recommendation. The Game of Houses. Game of Thrones. House, House of Thrones. House, yeah. And you what have, is it called? It's Game of Thrones. Okay, but Game the, of the Thrones. The new show that, that everyone is watching now that I'm watching the the premiere or the, the finale for is called House of the Dragon. Mm. And it's, it's a prequel like spinoff, basically. My only suggestion with Game of Thrones is do not have your phone with you. Yeah, no, you if can't. You, if you miss five minutes, you yeah. are so confused if you're distracted, for the entire hour. It's true. Like it, it is a show that requires but, attention, just because there's like when when you jump into season one, it's following like ten different families and all these like intertwined stories. And the more you watch, the more it makes. And that's actually what makes it awesome. After a while, is right. once you're invested and you know the storyline, it becomes su- it's super well done, right? Okay. But I'm a, I'm a watcher though. Like when I put something on, I yeah. generally tend to, He's to a focus and watch. That's true. Unlike Allie, who, I mean, she's every oh, man. That 30 seconds. She's, oh, yeah, me too. Don't get me started on here. But, yeah. yeah, don't get him started. Don't um, get me going. So It's a Halloween edition of the show. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. We're here. It's, uh, it, it's, it's officially spooky season. I mean, technically, it's been spooky season, but since it's Halloween week, I, I actually thought about dressing up. But it wouldn't have made much sense for a podcast. <laughs> it would have just been for your enjoyment. Yeah, this is a complete audio medium. Right but now. all yeah. it would have taken. Put my mustard shirt on. Your and mustard I could dress shirt. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm wearing. Um, I'm wearing my mustard shirt, my yellow uh, Nugs hat, uh, some yellow uh, basketball tights. shorts. Oh. Yeah, tights. <laughs> Why don't you <laughs> those yellow tights? I got show off them gams, uh, Walsh. Gams. Uh, I'm not spending that much more money on this. I was like, okay, we'll get a, a t-shirt off Amazon. What's the total? Twenty bucks? Right I mean, now? it's lower right now. The t-shirt was like thirteen, and that's it. You should carry a bottle. You should keep a bottle of of mustard on you as well, and that way, if it ever becomes like a Tennessee-like situation, you can throw it on the field. Uh, I've talked about this before. You know, I'm a big mustard fan. Uh, the best, like. Spicy mustard definitely got to be Golden's G U L D E N S. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know I've mentioned the Stone Ground on here before, but that's my go-to Golden's. That is your go-to, but yeah, we still haven't tried. Um, we Dijon. haven't tried Bijan's Dijon. No, we got to try Bijan's Dijon. Even though, the, really, you should be credited for and and, and get a cut of of all of it because <laughs> you you came up with it. Um, before we go in, and we have a good show, obviously, we're going to break down uh, Week 9's games. It's already Week 9. That makes me sad. Um, we got some <laughs> Halloween-themed uh, segments coming up. We're going to set the table for our next bracket, which I'm excited about. You know, If you remember, early on in the season, we, we broke down. Uh, we did a bracket of the best tailgate foods. 
And we're setting and up. What, what, uh, what ended up winning? Brats? Brats won. Well, it beat Chile in the finals. Brats beat Chile in the yeah. finals. Very contentious. <laughs> oh, super. Very, we yeah, got people a, were pissed. People were pissed. Yeah. People here were pissed. Fans were pissed. We got DMs about it. Um, and we're going to do another one. Um, but the most polarizing food on the bracket was the breakfast burritos. Some people said it didn't even belong. Some people said it should have made the final four. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it was very polarizing. We are, you know, we are a divided <laughs> nation. And yeah. so... Uh, that's the way it goes. But before we even get to that, I actually have a, a story I wanted to tell you guys. Okay. Because Ooh, I love story time with Will. As Me like too. a uh, yeah, around the campfire. <laughs> as a you know, being such big college football fans that we are, a lot of people look at like um, you know, my like this passion and this obsession with college football as like unhealthy. And there are signs, right? There's markers. And one of them was the other day, or the other night, I had a dream that I was hanging out with Nick Saban. <laughs> I had a dream that I Jesus. went I went to like Nick Saban's house. Okay. So and, yeah, what was the conversation about? I was, so, I was where say. what's the setting and how, how's his house in your dreams? Is it nice? Is it big? That, that, I was going to get to that. It's, it's very okay. interesting. He wasn't in like, he's definitely not in the type of house that Nick Saban was in, right? Um, he, it, it was like, it was a nice house, but it wasn't like a mega mansion. And I like, again, like the dream is kind of, fuzzy and, and it bounces around a lot but here were the main parts of it uh, i went to his house i was there with other people somehow we knew each other it wasn't like a hi mr saban thing it was it was like we were friends hey, nick um, like old college buddies yeah and he like <laughs> the only way i can describe his house and and like the overall theme of it is like it seemed very like miami themed i don't i don't know if okay. that makes sense but like i well, can see it you know he's like, probably got more of a miami the most miami place in all of alabama you know <laughs> you know like the house that uh or like the apartment complex that mary lives in in the movie there's something about mary like yes. that's what the house <laughs> was like i don't know how else to explain it and he was wearing like a uh like a tommy bahama style nice. like shirt and then he had like a lake Which is in it. so not he had a little anything. lake in his backyard and Ooh. he and we went out on his boat and we were like people were water skiing and stuff and we were hanging out and then we went in and had dinner and like drinks and stuff right. and the, that's and i remember waking up and being like that was fucking weird i just envisioned him like the Tommy Bahama, the only difference then on the sidelines is untucked, still in khakis, and he's got some like blue and white new balances on. Yeah, I mean like that, that basically was it and he was but he was in a very chill dinner party Nick Saban mood. If that even exists, I don't know. But in my dream it did. And I remember just like in the dream being like Oh, this is so cool! And then I woke up and I was like, "Oh, that was that's weird." <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It's officially weird. Well, there you go. Everyone has weird dreams, but when you dream about Nick Saban, it's kind of like okay. And I'm not even an Alabama fan. That's what's you know what I mean. It's been Horace. Yeah, I'm like I. I that's not my first college football dream either. Um, a few years ago, in the week leading up to the Michigan Ohio State uh, game, I had a dream that I played for Michigan and I returned a punt for a touchdown in the game. Rudy, and, Rudy, <laughs> Yeah, Rudy. seriously. That's what it was like, but it was like in a park. It wasn't in a stadium. It was, <laughs> it was so weird. And so, again, these are the markers from when you know, like, you know, maybe it's time that I take just like a little bit of a step back because it's infiltrating my subconscious to the point where I'm, I'm dreaming about it. <laughs> do you ever have dreams about like like bets, Tyler? Like, do you ever have a dream oh, like you God, you win yes. a bet or you lose a bet? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've those I've dreams all the time. I have weird dreams though. Like, I have dreams where I'm back. A lot of my dreams are like where I'm back in school and I'm I'm like and I haven't finished and I'm about to. 
didn't study for a yeah, test. Yeah, exactly. It's like something like <laughs> you got went a wrong to present you're naked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of just abstract dreams. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get too into that with the audience. I'm not going to open up that much. Oh, open up, dude. No, <laughs> not happening here. Um, before we get in, uh, there's really not a lot of college football news, but this one is 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 important. I think, especially for one of the games we're going to be breaking down, and we'll talk about it further. But um, things in College Station are maybe. Not great right now. Texas A&M just announced that they are suspending uh, three or four freshman players from the team uh, indefinitely. The rumor is that they were smoking weed in the locker room. Oh, my God. Um, and there's rumors swirling that a bunch of freshmen that came in from that highly touted class are ready to transfer out because things are so bad and they're losing games. Yeah, it. I mean... It just feels like like things aren't in a good spot. Yeah, there. I don't blame them. I mean, they want to get out. They're not convinced that Jimbo... I don't know what Jimbo was selling to get that number one class. They, he, he did such a great job, but with all the talent, you also wonder, because during the recruitment process, these recruits don't know what it's going to end up like. And so maybe a lot of those guys who committed earlier, halfway through, maybe they got to this season, they're like, you know, it, it was a lot more crowded than they thought it was going to be. So that's another reason on top of all this stuff. But obviously Jimbo's not doing a good job right now. They looked bad last week, and I don't blame these guys. Go somewhere else where you can play and win. Yeah, well, and like honestly, with how potentially, you know, and again, like these are a lot of these are just rumors. The suspension's not, but uh, some of the other rumors about people transferring out or, or waiting until the season is is over to transfer out, uh, they may be better off losing some of these guys because when you bring in like that many like five star, highly touted recruits that are getting paid or whatever, like you're bound to maybe have some bad apples or some guys that aren't really about the team. And, and so it's a lot of personalities for sure. And, and, and they may be better off, like honestly losing some of these guys and getting the guys that actually want to put in the work and aren't just there because like I got paid and, and we're going to win without, you know, actually, you know, I don't know, put, putting yeah. in all the effort required. Well, they got paid. Like you said, they did get paid. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Jimbo's getting paid. And even like, again, we talk about uh, asses of fire and, and whether he's on the hot seat, um, and even though he probably should be again, like his contract is probably going to keep him away from that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they owe him some cash and they're not going to pay up, but they might in a couple of years. I mean, they may, right. you know, I don't have enough information to say like that the A&M donors are going to do this or that, but I mean, I feel like if they're going to do it eventually, they should just do it now and pay. It's not that much more money for A&M. Is it 10 million more dollars? Not well, 90 million is what he's owed. But yeah, you mean, but, but you mean doesn't per it year. go down like ten million a year or something like that? Yeah, because that's like basically what his contract is. So like it's ninety mm-hmm. million right now because I think he's got nine years left. And so yeah, I mean it's a lot of money. But you're right, A and M is the one school that you know could, they could probably find one big oil donor that would be like, yeah, I'll write the check, let's or, do it. Or Jimbo hires a staff like we've been talking about and has a good season next year. He yeah, just maybe find someone to call the plays right. for him. Exactly. Um, being that it's Halloween week, now we talked about Tyler. He's going uh, uh, dressed up as mustard. Your fiance is going to be ketchup, and Layla, the dog, is going to be a hot dog. Right? Yeah, the hot dog. Yes, Smitty, do you have costume plans, dude? I haven't dressed up in probably twenty years. Twenty? No yeah, twenty years. You yeah. haven't dressed up for Halloween? Yeah, I, I, I feel like so that would put me at twelve. Yeah, I'd say twelve is like where I kind of drew the limit, and wow. I, I wasn't trick or treating anymore. We were probably all like I remember a uh, Halloween where we were all together around that I age. I mean, maybe it could be like fourteen was the last. I'm time. I'm surprised that even in like like college years you weren't like going to parties and. Well, I didn't up. go to college. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I said <laughs> yeah, college years. Still, yeah, going to <laughs> no, yeah, when there I were mean, lots of parties, you know. Yeah, I mean, there was some things going on in my life, uh, you know, around those, you know, years where, eh, 
going to parties wasn't the best thing for me, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's it's at least 15. Interesting. Okay. Since I dressed up the last time. My best costume, I think, of all time is when I... This was in my... You talk about the college days. Whew, boy. I went to a Halloween concert and uh, had a very good time, and I dressed up as... Pokey the horse from Gumby. Oh my <laughs> and God. So, but, and, and you know, everyone was wearing a costume at this thing and it was very weird eventually, <laughs> but yeah, I was dancing around as Pokey the horse from uh, Gumby. Interesting. You can look him up. You don't know was was, was Gumby around at all or you just, just a Pokey? Pokey? Uh, no, you know <laughs> That's what? That's a very good question. Uh, there was a Gumby with me, but I lost him halfway through the concert. <laughs> okay. And you know what? What's so funny is I ran into a mutual friend of ours uh, uh, I don't think he'd mind me saying his name. I don't doubt he even listens. But uh, uh, well, of course, Will does. Right, uh, Dan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was hysterical because we both had uh, costumes that uh, had ha- hats on, so you couldn't really see who we were behind right. the thing. And I forget what happened. You know, maybe. Uh, I, I don't want to play out different illegal scenarios that may have happened, but maybe something happened, some conversation happened, and we and we were like, I was like, Dan, is that Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> Just a I saw, sight. yeah, and I saw someone who I uh, who I didn't plan on seeing, and it was awesome, right? So, didn't you yeah. also go as Green Man from It's Always Sunny? One oh year? yeah, uh, that sounds no, familiar. I think you're thinking of my gecko costume. I had a giant I do gecko costume the gecko. with the with the gecko okay. hands. I thought you went as Green Man. Like, like, that's a partic- That's an interesting. Just like I'm going as a gecko, <laughs> yeah, like the no. Geico gecko. Like, uh, well, no, it was just a gecko costume. It was, gecko. It was pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, I was okay. into it. So, yeah. yeah, I like that. Well, uh, I figured we'd, we'd run through. I have a few ideas here, basically for college football coaches or personalities and what they should dress up as for for Halloween. Okay. Um, the first one. I, I think Greg Schiano would make a really good Dracula. I think that if you if you like to me he kinda has hey, the face. I think we have a it. Dracula laugh on here. It's one of the two laughs. Yeah, if we can get a little Dracula laugh. Oh <laughs> drum roll for the laugh. There it is. Oh, that's good. I Isn't can that just good? see him with like some his, Halloween sounds. Actually, you know even <laughs> just off the top of my head, even um Manny Diaz might even be better. The the now defense coordinator for for Penn State. Like why, you got, why why Dracula? Uh, like having the black hair is a big mm. deal, you know. And like he, he, he just kind of has like that that shape, and like I just see them in like a cape, and it would work. You know what I mean? Okay. No, I'm into it. Um, and then Pat McAfee, who of course is new to college game day. Um, he's awesome, but he should go as Vanilla Ice because frankly. It actually is already, already kind of how he dresses. Yeah, he has like slick back blonde hair. He wears a suit with like just a like a V neck underneath and a chain all the time. And I think he'd make a good Vanilla Ice. Um, <laughs> it and looks like that's good. Brian Kelly should be the tongueless guy from Brian. Waterboy. Do, do we know his name? Uh, Farmer Fran. Farmer yeah. Fran. Yeah. yeah, because he's working on his southern accent. He's a Louisiana guy now. If, like imagine Brian Kelly showing up to a Halloween party in like overalls. And like a dirty straw hat and, and, and talking with that kind of Louisiana accent. <laughs> I think great. it'd be great. That would be. Um, Scott Frost. Uh, I wonder what he's Ooh, up to, by the way, right Scott now. Scott Frost. Uh, is, 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 he's is enjoying this, himself. He just got a $15 million sixteen and a half. That's I right. Thought it was. Something <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, so uh, is, is Scott Frost a lookalike? Kind of. Is that what you went with? Uh, but you won't know this one, I don't think. Oh, okay. It's, it's a, I have an idea. It's a topical thing. Not, it's not right, but I have an idea. What is it? 
Macaulay Culkin today. <laughs> no, that's not what I was thinking, but that does work. <laughs> I was thinking he should go as Damon Targaryen, who, if you're watching the House of House of the Dragon show uh, that just wrapped up recently, for all the Game of Thrones fans out there, if he wore a, 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 a long blonde wig or he grew his blonde hair out, he'd look like this character, Damon Targaryen. I love Mad Damon Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Brett Bielema should go as motivational speaker Matt Foley Ooh, from Saturday Night Live. Like, give him the glasses. Matt Foley. Here's you, here's Matt. He's got <laughs> the... Get back on the right track. He's got the body for it. I'll just say that. Those are the ones I came up with. I don't uh, know. Do you have it? Did, did you have any, Tyler? Uh, I do. I okay. do. And so I went in a different direction, okay. like always. Uh, I went with now the... his own thing. I went with the top five selling Halloween costumes this year. According to uh, okay. bestproducts.com. So these are the top five costumes this year. Can I guess what one of them is? Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, no. Because of <laughs> the new like, Netflix documentary. But I think a lot Jeffrey of people, Dahmer. so these are purchases. I think a lot of people, if they're going as Dahmer, may do their own at home right. thing. That's not too tough. So. Yeah, they're not selling it at Target. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, number five, I, you're, well, you're going to have to help me with the name here. Rhaenyra Targanian. <laughs> Rhaenyra Targaryen. Rhaenyra Targanian. Targaryen. Targaryen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, Good House God. of the Dragon. House of Damon is her uncle. House of the Dragon and future husband. Okay. Ugh. So who's dressing up as uh, name, please? Uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen. Yes, it's going to be Nebraska as a as a program, and the mm. reason is, as Ryan mentioned. They're paying sixteen point four million to Scott Frost, and the one thing I do know from Game of Thrones is a Targaryen always pays his debts. That's true. <laughs> that's yeah. not. That's not that's what true. it is at all. No, no. Lannisters always pay their debts. Oh, Targaryens are dragon riders. Oh, yeah, Lannisters. So, but that's okay. Oh, wow. it also <laughs> works on another level because in Nebraska they marry inside the family. Well, there you go. Ah, that there also we go. works. Um. <laughs> Okay, I thought I had that one right. <laughs> I, so it's a Tyler doesn't watch Game of Thrones. No, I fair. don't. Obviously, to be but fair, I don't yeah. Targaryen. Yeah. So uh, maybe a Lannister. <laughs> I do, and he snuck it past me. So uh, all right, a number four uh, bestseller this year is Elvis. I was surprised to see that. Oh, because the movie they, they, didn't a movie just come out recently? Yeah. Oh, thank you very much for Elvis. Oh yes. Uh, all right, so who's gonna dress as Elvis? Nick Saban. Ooh. And Will James. Because you know why? No matter what happens, no matter if he loses a couple this year, he's still the king. Okay, so so that's Maybe why he'll die on the toilet too. Maybe he will. That's Saban <laughs> dressed as Elvis. All right, uh, number three is Spider-Man: No Way Home. Like it's a, a specific Spider-Man: No Way Home costume. Is that the one? The is that the animated Spider-Man? Did you guys ever see I'm that not one? Sure, I stopped. Spider-Man. No, that was the Spidey. Years I mean, there's there, there's the like a new Spider-Man, Spider-Man every year. Unfortunately, the last one I saw was the one with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, we were like 12. Yeah, and uh, Kirsten Dunst or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's actually like the first Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> the last one you saw is the first one. All right, so uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I uh, Who's going to dress up like that? The A&M mm. athletic director. Because this week, they play at home for the first time since September 17th. It was a weird scheduling thing. They had a bunch of road or neutral games, so they haven't had a home, a true home game since September seventeenth. Wow! So no way home, right? That's Spider Man No Way Home for A and M. Perfect. You get it? We'll play yeah. on words there. I like it. All right, number two, uh, Cher from Clueless, and who's dressing up Ooh. from uh, Cher? Major Jimbo crush. Fisher. Oh no 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 no! no, no. My crush. No, actually, Jimbo was one of my ideas. I actually crossed that out. It's you know who is Clueless? The A and M freshman. Uh, who were smoking in the locker room. Yeah. They're the clueless ones. Like, uh, Jimbo's clueless out there a little bit, but 
how clueless are you to, to to smoke in the locker room? Getting high in, in the locker yeah, so room. So they're this dressing the up in, NBA. in Texas yeah. <laughs> of all places. Yeah. So they're dressed up as Shannon. In Oregon, maybe. And then number one, <laughs> uh, we, the number one seller this year is Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing Hendon Hooker. is dressing as Buzz because he's moving at light speed this year. Or maybe just the Tennessee offense in general, right? Yeah, to no. Infinity I, and beyond. To Boom. infinity and beyond. Yeah, I like that. Buzz Lightyear is actually just like mm-hmm. badass in general. I haven't yeah. seen the new show, but I think that'd be a good costume in general. So there you go. That's my uh, Halloween costumes. Okay. Smitty, did you have any? I did, but they got vetoed. <laughs> <laughs> vetoed. It, it may be a bit too offensive for this podcast. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's right. Uh, I do have an impromptu top five. We can make it quick. Okay. But uh, for all South Park fans out there, which hopefully it's a lot of the audience. I'm not sure if it is or not. But the other day, uh, we were watching some South Parks, and I decided that I was going to do a top five episodes for the show. And that was so Impossible. hard. It was so hard. It's like oh, it's sure. like having a floor filled with $100 bills and saying, all right, pick your favorite one. It's like, oh, come on now. Like, they're all my favorite. So I went with seasons, best seasons. Okay. Okay, so my, my top five seasons. And uh, if it's okay, Will, I've got a quick clip to play from an episode from each season as yeah, I do this. Yeah, of course. All right, so we'll go five. Sounds, fi- sounds we'll, fantastic. Yeah, we'll go five through one. All right, so number five. Uh, and by the way, the oldest one on here, season 11, they're on season 20 currently. So recently it, it hasn't been great. But these seasons have pretty much no swings and misses. And, and, and folks, if you're not a, a fan of South Park, check these show notes out. We timestamp everything on here, and you can kind of pick where you want to go in the uh, in the episode. So yeah, or it, just watch South Park if you're not if you if you don't know it. Yeah, right. South Park's awesome. So uh, uh, number five, uh, season nine. Season nine is, uh, and actually, I was going to pull this up. Uh, let me do this real quick. Will I was going to say, I feel like like my, I'm trying to remember which ones are specifically in season nine, but I feel like my sweet spot would be right around that seven to 12. Yeah, area. that's where yeah. a lot of these are. The last one I watched was 13. Uh, so season nine I'm is right uh, 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 Die Hippie Die, Wing, oh. Mr. Garrison's Fancy New Vagina, <laughs> uh, Two Days Before the Day After Tomorrow, which is, I think we have the clip of, Follow That Egg. So, uh yeah, let's play that. It's, uh, of course, two days before the day after tomorrow, we're global warming strikes. This is a Fox News update. Global warming disaster. Global warming appears to have struck as predicted in the Colorado Rockies. All around the country, panic and chaos are settling in. Oh, God. This is all your fault, Jimbo. Me? Yeah. You drive that damn SUV around. You didn't even think about global warming, did ya? Okay, number four, season eight. Uh, season eight is... I, I had this one on DVD growing up, so I've seen these a lot. Wow, DVDs, a thing of the past. Oh, God, I know, right? DVDs. Come to my house, I have like 200 of them. Do you really? You're on a DVD display. Guy. Do you I, have the, a player? Uh, I mean, my Xbox. The one we have from here is... Uh, <laughs> white trash. So, by the way, season eight's got... Uh, uh, something Walmart comes this way. The, oh, Je- the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons, Osmo, Osmo readjusts up as the row. All right, so from this we've got uh, a Walmart uh, quote or a Walmart uh, clip, and it's pretty much where Walmart takes over. And they went to talk to the creator of Walmart, and there's a conversation. We invented the Walmart Supercenter in 1987. The idea was simple: build a store for one-stop shopping where bulk purchases could keep prices incredibly low. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> in just four years, it was out of control. So how do we stop it? You don't stop it. There has to be a way. There's nothing, don't you understand? Nothing can stop the Walmart in your town. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, number three, season 11. Season 11's got one of my favorites, the fantastic Easter special. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got, uh, with apologies to Jesse Jackson, another great one. All the Imagination Lands, which some people oh, don't so love Oh, so good. You yeah. know, that, that's actually I what got me into Land. South Park was Imagination really? Land. Really? Yep. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so that's season 11. Uh, and the... the uh, Clip we have here is the snook, where terrorists <laughs> oh, hide a uh, bomb in a very unexpected place. Mr. Thompson, that kid who called in the warning was right. We uncovered intel that terrorists have obtained a nuclear device and that they have most likely hidden it in Mrs. Clinton's... Well, in her... In her what? In her snatch, sir. <laughs> what? All right. They snuck uh, a snook up her snizz. They snuck a snook up her snizz. All right. Uh, number two, season five. Season five's got a lot of hits. All the classics. All the hits. Towley. It hits the fan cripple fight. The, uh, mm. One of the best ones that's taken off of HBO now, uh, Super Best Friends, where... It's uh, Jesus gets involved, and there's like the the committee, and it's like Jesus and, and against that get taken off because it David shows Muhammad. Blaine. Yeah, like, Muhammad. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, so took out. Yeah, HBO, uh, you cowards. That's also the Scott Tenorman must die. Oh yeah, uh, some classics. Yeah, exactly. Here comes the neighborhood, which is also great. All right, so here we have a Towley quote, which Towley is uh, of course for those who don't know this one, it's just a towel that gets high, and uh, it's a war between humans and aliens. They're using the towel for so. I know I can remember if I get high. Oh, God damn it. All right, fine. Here's your stupid lighter. Now, hold on. That's it. That's it? Yeah, that's the melody to Funky Town. <laughs> Won't you take me down to Funky Town? <laughs> I think I can get it from here, boys. What are you doing? You'll kill us all. Sorry, Zytar. Didn't your mama ever tell you? Don't mess with Earthlings. <laughs> uh, where would you go? Uh, Towley, maybe one of my favorite episodes like, I, of all time. I don't know. I don't remember what the or is. Where does he come from? Like first episode? Is it from? Is that the first it, time? He, yeah, that's it. It's yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, so you should rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while. It's classic. All right. And the number one season seven. Season seven's got uh, crazy cripples. I'm a little big country. Uh, Red Man's Greed, which is the uh, oh, yeah. the uh, uh, casino one. one where they go and uh, play a little roulette. Let it ride. Uh, Christian Rock Hard, where they make the Christian uh, rock band. Casa Bonita. That's oh, yeah. the that's the Mormons episode, all about Mormons. The uh, Butt Out with Rob Reiner. Incredible. Where he's eating the whole episode. So many good ones. And then also it's Christmas in Canada, which is a great Christmas episode. So here, to end this little impromptu segment here, we have a clip from uh, episode one of this season, Cancelled, where Earth is a reality TV show. I'm afraid that Earth, all of Earth, is nothing but an intergalactic reality TV show. My God. We're famous! <laughs> Our planet is just a reality TV show? Well, you don't think the whole universe works the way Earth does, do you? No, one species, one planet. There's a planet of deer, a planet of Asians, and so on. We put them all together on Earth and the whole universe tunes in to watch the fun. <laughs> It's a professional show, folks. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, I love that. There you go. So that's this my makes South, Park, watch uh, South Park. Yeah, that's my South Park uh, top five seasons. Yeah, well, being Colorado locals, of course. If you've ever been to, uh, there is a town called South Park, and there's like nothing there. It's not. <laughs> it's not like a fun place to visit at all. People go and they're like, "Oh, it's South Park." Yeah, it's not what you'd think. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, all right, so we have next week. We're gonna start a new bracket. So we did the bracket for tailgate yeah, foods. Bracket this time. So I we got to figure this out because in our text thread for the podcast it scattered. It was scattered. There was some debate about what we should do, and what we were thinking is that jerseys or helmets. I believe is what was on the table. Is that right? Yeah, that's what we came down to. Now I have a pitch. Okay, can I pitch okay. something to you guys and get a little uh, live reaction? A little Shark Tank. I want to do helmets. Because I think that helmets are a little cleaner, a little easier, and we should do standard helmets because all these teams have like a couple uh, alternates that people would argue about if if we use that. So standard helmets, okay. and so Oregon's out because they don't even have standard <laughs> helmets. Right. That's different every game. But and I think that what we should do is start off just to make it easy is you know for this bracket is we should just do the SEC because there's 16 teams and that'd be a perfect bracket 16 teams because how else are we really going to pick SEC like helmets, all these yeah so let's just do SEC helmets where it matters more and uh 1 through 16 hmm. and we'll do alphabetical so or should we do current rankings like the current AP rankings or current record I kind of like that I kind of like going well going more than just the SEC cuz even though the SEC has a lot of classic helmets and jerseys and we're basically already getting into this debate I feel like the SEC has a lot of of just like plain helmets. Plain Jane. Yeah. Um, plain. So what if, what if we ranked, if we did like the, because how many do we need? We need 16. 16. I mean, we could do 32, but that's going to take a long time no, for the yeah. podcast. What if we just do the AP top 16 as like whatever they are next week? I'm into it. We do that and we rank those helmets. Okay. Sure. Cool. Okay. Perfect. There it is. Man. That's how, that's how you take care of something on the fly. It's going to be interesting to see where the rankings shake things up because, you know, unfortunately for all the fans out there, the Colorado Buffs aren't aren't going to be in the in in this challenge. Mm. You know what I mean? And they have great helmets. Veto. <laughs> yeah, they do have great helmets. Uh, before we get to Week Nine's games, Tyler, uh, do you want to uh, explain a little bit about BetUS? Yeah, BetUS. Sponsor of the show. Yeah, uh, great friend of the show. We are. I, I'm I'm pulling up some bets right now. Um, if you put in promo code tailgate when you sign up with BetUS, that's one of the best ways you can help the show out. And BetUS is a sports book, and it's also a casino and race book, and uh, it's just another option. Now, the thing that BetUS does a little differently is they offer all different kinds of bets. And the one thing I talk about a lot on this show is the entertainment bets because it's fun, and a lot of people out there, you know. They don't do this to grind out a, a couple bucks a week or to necessarily make a, make a living. A lot of people, these people betting wanted to have a good time. And so what a better way than to bet on TV shows, entertainment stuff, and, and things like that. So uh, I give out a bet every week in the entertainment. This week, it, it's back to Ted Lasso. So remember last week, I gave out first to talk. Oh, by the way, to, to give out my uh, 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 Director of the Year award. Did it win? No, no, it, that, that's later on in December, but I gave it out earlier uh, at plus 150 like a month ago on the show. Mm-hmm. That's down to minus 110. So money coming in on Spielberg. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And then last week I gave out uh, Coach Nathan Shelley, Coach Nathan Shelley, to say the first words of uh, season three at plus 550. So today, it's minus 120 each side. Who wins the Premier League in season three, AFC Richmond or West Ham United? We're just going to take Richmond. I think okay. it's going to be a feel-good I think, I think West Ham got away with a lot last time, so we're going to go uh, AFC Richmond minus 120. You can make all these fun bets and all the bets we're about to talk about on BetUS. Remember, sign up using promo code TAILGATE if uh, you're going to uh, use BetUS as a, an, an option. So, Yeah, and before we get into the games, too, we need to, to kind of 
remind people where we are as far as bets. Now, obviously, we track the bet board every week. Uh, I still have a three-game lead. It's nine to six with one push in my favor. But Tyler's bets. Push, a one push. Tyler's bets that he gives out, his best bets, have been insanely hot this year. Uh, Tyler's hit on 63%. Your record right now is 29 wins, 16 losses, and one push, which is absurd. I'm above 500, but only by like four games, and, and I've given out like 80 picks, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> That's awesome, but, though. Hey, you're following Will. You're making money still. But I, 29, 16, and 1 is absurd. So, uh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, Tyler's it crushing going. it. So, let's yeah, I mean, like, you know, we, we love to break down games, but, uh, you know, you should just be – people should be betting with us. Let's have For some sure. fun. No, totally, and do it with BetUS. All right, so hey, before we get into the games, I made another intro. Remember how we talked about the, uh, what was it, like a month ago? We played the intro for the picks. It was a more yes. serious one, you know, like a get pumped up intro. This is, I told you I had a funny one. Okay, or a little the, more humorous, right? Just a little lighter. The funny one. A little lighter. Uh, we have an intro for the picks today, so we can play the, uh, the new little lighter uh, funny intro. Hey, Brian, care to place a wager? I never want to hear those words out of your mouth again. Gambling is a very serious business. Tomorrow night on Fox's Celebrity Boxing, I've got Carol Channing beating Mike Tyson in three rounds. Carol Channing. You've got Carol Channing, the actress, beating Mike Tyson, the boxer. Hell, give me 50 bucks on Tyson. Part six coming out. And you didn't gamble like fucking money. You stand here and tell me that? No, no, you didn't? Don't fuck with me, Al. Don't make a fuck out of me. You want to embarrass me? Make a fool out of me? You didn't gamble? Oh, hell yeah. Let it ride. Let it ride. Oh my gosh! Uh, that that intro. scene from Casino is such a classic. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> yeah. don't make a fuck out of me. You degenerate pe- prick. That's just that. classic. What's the actor's name again? Uh, Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. Joe Pesci. I'm yeah. horrible. Incredible. Would you make a fuck out of me? Don't That's make a fuck so out Joe of me. Joe Pesci. I love yeah. Joe Pesci. Yeah. You know you're a. De- what am I? What did he say? You know you're a degenerate gambling <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you, son, you know you son of a bitch. Uh, I love when he uh, on uh, Goodfellas. What, am I a fucking clown? Huh? I'm here to make you laugh? <laughs> yeah. Funny yeah. how. Do you yeah, think fun, I'm funny? funny how? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> funny how. Um, yeah. All right. First up is a Friday night game. We got ECU at BYU. Currently, BYU a three-point home favorite. Now, this has been a rough year for BYU. They're four and four. Um, it's certainly not where they expected to be or even where I expected to be before the season. And you look at some of the lot. I mean, they're on a three-game losing streak right now, including they just lost at Liberty last week, uh, Arkansas and Notre Dame in the weeks before that. And their wins just aren't very impressive. They have won, you know, they have, they have won against Baylor at home. That's probably their best win on their schedule. And the rest was South Florida, it was Wyoming, and it was Utah State. So just an overall down, you know, very disappointing year for, for the Cougars so far. But they finally get... A home game here against ECU, who's been a really tough team in the uh, in the AAC. They're five and three. Um, I like, you know, I, I I think that if this was a neutral site game, I'd be all over ECU because ultimately I think that they're the better team. But with there's there's something about BYU playing at home, right? And the altitude is real. And ECU having to travel all the way to to Provo, Utah. That's legit travel, in my opinion. Um, I'm nervous about this one because I don't really like where where BYU is at as far as, you know, are these players motivated? Um, how, how is Kalani Sataki going to get his players up considering they're on three straight losses? And is this the one that can kind of break that streak? I'm not really sure because, frankly, I think ECU is a good team. And you look at, at BYU's de- – I mean, BYU's defense 
has been terrible this year. They're ranked 109th in, in defensive scoring uh, out of 131 teams. And ECU's been a pretty solid offense. And so I think you could see a lot of points here. The total, by the way, uh, for this game is going to be at 63.5. So at least, you know, the sports books are predicting a lot of points. Um, I think I like ECU plus three here, Tyler, but I want to, I maybe want to hear your breakdown. See, based on what you said, I actually thought you were going to go the other way with BYU, um, and I thought we were going to have a bet board game because I like ECU here. And you have a, a legit point with the road and the travel. ECU's played one road game this year. Wow. That's crazy. I, I know. I was really surprised to see that. So it's only the second time they're traveling, and in that game at Tulane, they lost 24-9. But they're just playing very, very well right now, and I think this offense, it's just a good matchup because, honestly, my power ratings have this right at about three, which is the line. Mm-hmm. But I've downgraded BYU substantially this year, almost, I think, nine, nine and a half points. Wow. And I've upgraded ECU pretty healthy amount too. So let's start off just by talking about ECU. ECU scoring 34 a game. That's 21st, uh, excuse me, uh, 21st in yards per game and 26 in yards per play. Obviously, that's not like top 10 stuff, but they're just really underrated. When people think really good offense, top 25 offense, a lot of people don't put ECU in that category, and they're for sure in that category. Uh FEI Football Outsiders has them 30th. And they're number three in the country at drives that gain zero or negative yards. So they move the football and don't get bottled up a lot. Uh, ECU defensively has been pretty consistent, except for the Memphis game. They gave up a lot in that game. But uh, besides that, they're, they're giving up 23 uh, a game. And they're looking really good, I'd say, above average defensively. But that's not how they win. They win offensively. Uh, they're giving up 5.8 yards per play, which is 98th in the country. And that's not great. So they do have some holes defensively. But speaking of yards per play, let's get to BYU. They're tied. Exactly. 5.8 yards per play uh, defensively, which is where ECU is. So these are both defenses that are giving up yards, giving up chunks, and not winning necessarily based on that defense. BYU is allowing almost 32 points per game, which is 94th in the country. And I mean, I see a team right now in the Cougars that look below average and I know in my ratings I have them slightly slightly above average but they haven't looked good They're three losses in a row all by the way against offenses that are worse than ECU they've played uh, in those games they uh, let's see it was uh, Arkansas Notre Dame and then I forget who they played last week if if maybe we can check that real quick but either way ECU uh, no uh, a BYU. BYU they lost uh, at Liberty Liberty last week. So yep. last week, uh, BYU was outgained uh, against Liberty 547 to 258. Wow. The week before that, they were outgained by Arkansas 644 to 471. The week before that, they were outgained by Notre Dame 500 or just shy of 500 to 280. So, look, I know going to BYU is a tough task, but there's a reason why the market's giving BYU, th- or, you know, g- taking three points from BYU here. So I-, I just think it's a good spot, X's and O's wise, not travel wise. And uh, not schedule-wise, but given the fact that it's only their second game of the season on the road, uh, you know, they're not worn out from travel. So it's a negative because they don't have a lot of experience doing that, but it's also positive because when you're on the road and back home and on the road for two you know, weeks in a row, that can wear on you. And so th- 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 there's a lot of positives to that too. So I'm with you. I'm with ECU plus three, and uh, I think they score some points here. We roll with the Pirates. By the way, if, uh, they won't make the, uh, the, the, the helmet – uh, bracket either based off their rankings but some really great helmets for ECU yeah. I love their colors pretty strong great helmets because part of the helmet is the logo and they've got awesome logos for sure great and, colors uh, oh yeah 
for sure. All around awesome stuff. Um, All bi- around great stuff, mate. Big ECU fan. Shout out Pirates. Where is ECU? I wonder. Do East we know Carolina? Where- right, but but <laughs> <laughs> where in Carolina? I wonder. Uh, in which Carolina? Which I'm assuming so- North Carolina. But man, I'm realizing I don't know enough about ECU. I was gonna say I, I don't know <laughs> enough about eastern united states past nebraska so uh yeah so all of the eastern Green, united states. greenville north carolina <laughs> greenville okay right. greenville man. shout out to all of our listeners in greenville. greenville uh we move on to one of the bigger matchups of the weekend ohio state at penn state currently the buckeyes are 15 and a half point favorites going on the road to penn state here the totals at 61 Ooh. now everyone i like a lot of people are thinking that ohio state's the best team in the country right now and they might be um Fifteen and a half points is a lot for this matchup. You look at now. Ohio State's won five in a row against Penn State. None of those have been by by more than than fifteen points. In fact, most of them have been by you know twelve or less. Um, I look at this matchup here, and even though yeah, Michigan destroyed Penn State a couple weeks ago, right? They did it on the ground, and they just bullied them on the offensive line. That's really not how Ohio State likes to play you know they, they want to throw the ball they want to they want to air it out and, and get the ball to their playmakers uh, at the wide receiver position right and and they're really good at that but you look at Penn State's past defense it's actually been really good all year long uh, right now they're giving up only um, I think 50 percent completion percentage of course across um, the length of the season to opposing quarterbacks and I think that when you look at Ohio State yeah they played they played a really bad we are or first half against Iowa last week and they came out and blew them out in the second half and, and still covered and won by like 50 points or something that concerns me because ultimately I think that it things can snowball if things start to go bad for Penn State but I actually think that even though you know uh, Iowa um, did that to Penn or to Ohio State in just one half of the game I think that Penn State has the athletes to be able to kind of hang a little bit closer with Ohio State and you just look at at historically with this matchup, Ohio State typically, you know, they beat Penn State, but Penn State plays up to them and, and they're usually close games. And so to me, 15 and a half points is way too much. Um, I think that Ohio State wins, but I don't think they cover 15 and a half. I'm taking the home dog uh, plus 15 and a half, Tyler. Um, I don't have a play in this game. It's a pass for me. Um, I'm going in different directions. I mean, I'm, I'm leaning Ohio State actually. Uh, I think they're going to move the football. I think they've had reasons not to show a lot recently, which is a part of why they've looked how they looked. But let's examine how Ohio State's played. Because really, when you dial in and look at how they won last week and how they've been winning, it's not the most promising thing in the world. Now, let's not overreact, but let's get to some stats here. So last week, uh, they won 54-10 against, it was Iowa, right? Yes. And a lot of people, here's what a lot of people do including those who vote on the AP Top 25, I'm convinced of it, is they scroll the scores, right? Including us. You can't watch deeply every game every weekend. That's a lot, you know? And so... I try. I, well, I was going to say, unless you're Will, he lives in a sports book. But, but, but the Jesus. point is, even if you have, let's say, five <laughs> screens up and five games going on at once... Oh, yeah, you're missing a lot of games. You're missing, yeah. but you're missing a lot of games, but even those five, you can't sit in, in like... And you, you you're often focused on like one you know it's for hard sure. to know what's going on exactly all the time in all five. Yep. Well, and for me too, especially uh, big plays in different games start to meld together. Yep. Like I start <laughs> to think that like one big play happened in one game when it was. And you can't have the sound on all of them either. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, Ryan, by the way, jump in if you have picks on any of these or an opinion on any of these. Yeah, I'll give them at the end. Uh, okay, cool. Um, and then so 
my point there was a lot of people are just going to see 54-10 last week against Iowa and think they killed them and blew them out. And that typical classic Ohio State offense. So last week, it was kind of fool's gold. Average starting field position was the 45-yard line last week. And I'm going to name some drives. All of these drives that I'm about to name were scoring drives. A lot of them were field goals, but some of them were touchdowns, okay? For Ohio State. For Ohio State. So four plays, four yards. Four plays, one yard. Five plays, 17 yards. Eight plays, 24 yards. Four plays, 15 yards. They scored a touchdown on that drive. That's five drives where they scored and they moved the ball terribly. A lot of those were three and outs and and they're kicking. So those were all scoring drives because they had such good field position. And then their other scores of the game, they had an 80-yard touchdown pass, which we have to give them credit for that, but still, that's a huge chunk of of yards. And then a pick six. Yep. So when you boil it down, it's like, okay, did we see Ohio State drive down and like manufacture points all game? No, but that's the next point is they didn't need to. I mean, they kept getting the ball to 45. I think they kept a lot in the arsenal. So... I go, you know, when I read that initially, I was shocked, and it led me to say Penn State is for sure the play because we're getting getting a little fooled here. But then again, Ohio State just did what they needed to do. They still won, as we said, 54-10. Um, they, they didn't show a whole bunch offensively, and so, you know, I, I keep going back and forth with that. That's obviously why I don't have a play this game. Uh, having said that, Ohio State's still number one in the uh, country in, in offensive FEI, according to Football Outsiders, ahead of Tennessee. Which, you know, you look at advanced stats, a lot of people think Tennessee's the clear number one, not according to FEI. They're also number one in drive value rate, which means where do you start, where should you end up, and where do you end up? So it's pretty simple for Penn State. If they want to stay in this game, they've got to stop the rush and have success doing that. We'll mention their pass defense. They've got a great secondary. It's going to be by far the best secondary that, that the Buckeyes have seen. But you look at Penn State's losses and their 45 17, uh, or excuse me, a couple uh, of their wins. In their 45-17 win against Minnesota, they held Minnesota to 3.6 yards per carry. Uh, going back, I, I forget, uh, Purdue. Uh, they held Purdue to a, a, a nice yards per carry. And then their loss to Michigan last week, it was 7.5 yards a carry. That's like the key. If they can stop the rush, force Ohio State to, to throw the football, and really put their secondary in a good spot, I think I think Penn State's going to gonna have success defensively. But it's because of all those question marks, and I'm not willing to bet on it. Um, I think Ohio State, though, has their mindset on running the football. And they're going to get back to that. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the country. And Penn State, good defensive line, 27th in average line yards. But Ohio State, number two in that uh, same category. So I'll uh, stay away from that game. Really no leans. But uh, that's my handicap. Yeah, and this might be the first game since, you know, the Notre Dame game week one where Ohio State's going to have to, you know, prove that they can stop the run game for all four quarters. Because in most games, they get up on on teams that aren't as good as them. And then that team is forced to throw it the rest of the game, right? And, and uh, Penn State does have a good run game, right? They have really good running backs. They want, they're a team that wants to commit to running the ball. And so this is going to be a big test for, for the Ohio State defense, which is greatly improved from last year. But again, my questions about them are, are when is it going to, you know, when are they going to actually be tested against really physical run first teams? And this might be one of them. Um, but to me, 15 and a half is just too much. So I'm going to take the Nittany Lions. Tyler's going to stay away. You're on the Lions. So, so far, you're just on ECU and you're stay away. Yes. Stay away for uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Okay. Stay away, mate. You know, I've been working a little Courtney accent in the mix there, so it's a stay away for me. <laughs> uh, not we, sure how it applies, but okay. Good job. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> well, we move on to uh, another big Big 12 matchup, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Big Big 12. Yeah. Well, it's a big 
Big 12 mm. matchup. This one will matter for for you know ultimately who's going to win the Big 12 or who's going to play in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Oklahoma State right now is a one-point underdog going on the road at Kansas State. And Tyler, we talked about it a little bit before the show. Uh, injuries are going to play a big factor in this one. Yeah, uh, Adrian Martinez has not practiced this week for Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn limited in practice. Both of them hurt. Obviously, they're two best players. So if they're out, <laughs> this game changes completely now. Martinez is not going to be out. He should play, but I mean... Obviously, he's not going to be 100%. Deuce Vaughn, clearly not going to be 100%. And I think this is a different team when you take them away. Oklahoma State, last week they suffered a knock. Now they have seven total starters out. So, you know, I mean, let's not do a whole lot of math here, but that's a lot of starters being out for a football team. So that's the main handicap here. And that's why I don't have a side because there's so much information we don't have on a Wednesday evening when we're recording this. So it's unfortunately going to be a pass for me because... I lean Oklahoma State this game. Uh, Oklahoma State is really good in this situation against teams that are perceived to be better than them in the market or just, I mean, in the AP poll, frankly. Oklahoma State's 8-1-1 one, one against the spread. Their last 11 is an underdog. They always show up as an underdog. And here's some stats. Oklahoma State, very, very efficient. They're fourth in yards per point, which means, obviously, how many yards are you getting every ever or how many points are you scoring every yard you gain they're uh, fourth in the country 10.9 oklahoma state is kansas state 70th in that same category almost 15 yards uh and just to give some reference one of the worst teams my my buffs it's like 22 i think maybe even like 23 yards that's crazy like one point for 23 yards when you get teams like oklahoma state that are doing the same with 10.9 uh oklahoma state is fifth in red zone opportunities, they're getting there a lot. They're converting. They're scoring. Kansas State, 53rd in that same category. And again, my main key here is just the injuries. Oklahoma State, seven starters. And K-State with their quarterback and running back. I have a question mark also about Oklahoma State's offensive line. 112th in opportunity rate, which opportunity rate means essentially the percent of carries in which the offensive line does its job. And that's how you beat Kansas State. In both Kansas, State loss, uh, in both Kansas State's losses this year... They face teams that relentlessly ran the football. Not always successfully, but relentlessly. In Tulane's uh, win against Kansas State, Tulane ran the ball 40 times for 160 yards, 4.0 per rush. And last week, TCU ran it 56 times for uh, 215 yards, uh, 3.8 per rush. So 3.8 yards per rush, but they ran it 56 times. So that's how you're going to beat Kansas State is relentlessly running the football. And when I see those Oklahoma State numbers, I do have questions. Again, 112th an opportunity rate for, for uh, Oklahoma State. So uh, both teams, by the way, just a little fun fact for that. Tulane and TCU in their wins over Kansas State threw the ball exactly 26 times. And that's not going to be the game plan for o- Oklahoma State. They're going to give Spencer Sanders the ball. And I know, let, let, let's put out the, uh, this out there too. I know Spencer Sanders has had his injury concerns. I didn't necessarily bring that up because from what I've heard, he's back to practice. He should be playing this week. But if he, if something happens or he, he has a tweak and he, he can't go this weekend, I don't want that to go without being mentioned because right. he has had injury concerns the last couple of weeks. But he played last week. He looked pretty... I mean, you could argue he's playing hurt, but I think he looked pretty good. Um, and that's just something else I wanted to note. But I don't have a play here. Uh, if I did, I would lean Oklahoma State for sure. I'll take the coach. Yeah, I mean, and you definitely mentioned it about Spencer Sanders. I believe the both the last two weeks leading up to the games, he missed a lot of or didn't practice at all. 
Right. And so he's he's just like we're talking about Taylor Martinez likely out with you know, Adrian Martinez, man. <laughs> I keep doing it. Taylor Martinez, whatever. I mean, yeah. when is Nebraska? When when are we going to get uh, a quarterback an ex Nebraska or or Nebraska quarterback that's not named Martinez? And, uh, I I can't wait for this guy to stop, you know, being in college football so I can stop being confused. <laughs> Same for Jaden and Jalen Daniels. Yeah. Um Adrian, we need to just put Adrian on the wall. Taylor Martinez. Adrian no, but see, this is the problem. Is now we're focused on Adrian, so I'm always yeah, gonna I'm gonna keep opposite, doing right? it. Yes. <laughs> Second guess or uh, but Taylor Martinez, you know, yeah, he's probably not gonna practice. But to me, you know, there there are certain quarterbacks where you go, okay, you know, they kind of have secured the job and they and they've command enough of the offense that if they miss practice, you assume that things are gonna be okay. And Spencer Sanders has proved that, and we'll see if Taylor Martinez no can Adrian do the same thing. Adrian, wait, it is Adrian. <laughs> no one's supposed to remember Adrian, Adrian is the name. See, bro. now I'm confused. <laughs> and you want to know? You want to know something? <laughs> I, I just did it again. You did I just it. double confused myself. <laughs> you double crossed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know something funny? So Ta- it's Adrian. Taylor Martinez and Adrian Martinez aren't even brothers. Well, They're yeah, related. I knew that. I didn't know that. But but yes, the current quarterback is Adrian. Goodness Adrian! gracious. And so I just got to forget Taylor. Yeah, a triple stamp Taylor, and yeah. a double stamp, yeah, bro. Yeah, you can't yeah, do exactly. that. It's really, I mean, this is pathetic. Um, I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State plus one here uh, just because I continue to bet against Oklahoma State and they've proved me wrong quite a few times. And, and ultimately, like the more I watch them, I'm just, I'm starting to convince myself like, hey, this might be the, the best team in the Big 12. Um, they continually, you know, just show up and, and they've been successful against Kansas State as of late. Uh, they've won three in a row against this team. Um, I think that that even though there's injury concerns on both sides, uh, the fact that Oklahoma State's been doing it a lot recently, they've been playing beat up as of late. I'm going to give them the nod, so I'm going to go with the Pokes plus one. Pokes plus one. Uh, we move on to Cincinnati at UCF. Currently, UCF is a two-point home favorite here against Cincinnati in a big showdown in the AAC. Uh, Cincinnati kind of flying under the radar this year just because of how good they were the last two years, right? They went to the playoff last year. No one's really talking about them, but they're still a, a very good team. And you look at UCF, they've had some like blow-up games. They had that game where they scored like 60 points the other day or, or a week or two ago. Um, I, I'm interested to see kind of where your breakdown is, Tyler, because I know you wanted to to, you, you had some stuff on this game, and you have a best bet, I believe, right? Uh, this is one of my best bets. Uh, and just to let everyone know, before I give the handicap, I'm taking uh, UCF. They are currently minus two, which is unfortunate because I got my ticket for Pick'em in my pocket. But hey, we're not supposed to talk about that pick on the show. Pick'em in my pocket. So uh, I'll still take UCF minus a two. All right, let's start with Cincy. This ain't your granddad of Cincy. <laughs> That's my uh, little Southern kind. That's my Brian Kelly Southern. <laughs> that ain't your granddad is Cincy. <laughs> All right, let's talk team efficiency overall. This is an efficiency stat I keep myself. And I usually t- just talk offense or defense, but let's bring it all together, team efficiency, which includes special teams. Uh, 2019, which is where I think Cincinnati really took off. I mean, you look at their, their win-loss every year. So 2019, they were a very good team. Eighth overall in, in team efficiency. 2020, 11th. 2021, 6th. This year, 73rd. Cincinnati, 24-14 and 14 in that 2019 to 2021 run against the spread. This year, they're 2-4-1 against the spread. So again, they're missing expectation, underperforming, where a lot of people have them. I do want to say this before I get into a little bit more of the handicap. I still think Luke Fickle is a top-10 coach, and this is why this isn't like a huge play. I think where the line still is where it is, is people have respect for Luke Fickle. Betters. Uh, handicappers, the, the the voters, everyone knows that, that this is a real coach. And 
he brings the most out of his teams. He may be, I think he's for sure a top 10 coach, maybe top five. I think he's actually mm-hmm. very similar to Mike Gundy this year, who they both have teams that are so far away from the talent they've had last couple of years, but they're coaching them up and making them play as well as they can. So let's not ignore that fact. Luke Fickle is a factor here, but UCF fickle is... Fickle factor. Fickle factor. <laughs> but UCF is one of those teams that is UCF is one of those teams that is so much better than their record, which is five and two. It's not a bad record, but they don't get talked about. We'll mention Cincinnati flying under the radar. No one's talking about UCF right now. Yep. Okay. Um, and I actually, if you remember last week, I had ECU in my uh, money line parlay. I thought ECU was, was going to win that game. I, I had ECU last week. I liked ECU last week. And so, I mean, I've been dialed with UCF when to play them, when to fade them. And let's talk about that game. Let's talk about last week's ECU UCF game. ECU won that game 34-13. So again, you may look at the schedule. You may browse and say, okay, I'm going to bet either on or for UCF. We'll maybe be doing that right now. Looking up the schedule and saying, okay, oh, they lost 34-13 last week. Maybe they're cold. Maybe they're they're not playing. Well, maybe, maybe something's going on. But again, you do a deep dive. You look at what happened. My expected score for that game, uh, ECU still should have won 28.5 or so to 27. So, I mean, think about the score, 34-13. I had it way closer, 28-27, and here's why. ECU, in terms of total yards, outgained UCF 458-426. to Both teams had 24 first downs. Both teams had a very, very similar efficiency rating. Only difference, UCF had four turnovers. ECU had zero. That's going to change the way a game looks. So... I think that UCF were buying them low here. Now, I say buying low, it moved from picking to minus two. So obviously, uh, other people are thinking the same thing. But I still think minus two offers us value with UCF. Defensively, UCF is 12th in opponents' points per game. So UCF obviously moving the football and scoring. But they're keeping their opponents out of the end zone as well. And, And look, take away last week's game, and they're 25th in opponent third down conversions. ECU did convert some third downs last year. That's one thing they're they're going to want to shore up. But take that away. Again, top 25 team this year in third down conversions. Uh, UCF's quarterback, John Reese Plumley, right? Rice Plumley. John Rice Plumley. Mm-hmm. God, these quarterbacks this year, it's like it's like Canadian goaltenders. Uh, John Reese Plumley, he's having a good sneaky year, 105 quarterback rating, 65% uh, percent completions. And he had a really bad game last week. I understand that. But again, bad spot. There's a reason why I was on ECU. He had three picks last week. Okay. So other than that, 11 touchdowns, three picks this year. UCF is 11th in the country in rushing yards a game. So he's playing well. They're running the football. Uh, by the way, 233 rushing yards per game. And they feature an offensive line that's 11th in the country in average down line yards. What's that mean? What that means, pretty much straightforward. How much are you gaining when you combine standard down line yards, rush down line yards, and passing down line yards? They're combined 11th in the country. The bounce house is going to be going nuts. We're getting UCF at an all-time low. I'm on a UCF minus two here. He, he, I'm going to go with the fickle factor. Fickle so factor. this is uh, going to be board. a bet board. Yeah, um, bet board game. I like Cincinnati in this matchup. They've won three straight. Ooh, a little Halloween bet board. Spooky bet board. <laughs> right. I love it. That's a very creepy <laughs> laugh. I'm into it. Um, Cincinnati's won three straight in this one, uh, including one in Orlando. Now, the one in Orlando is in the bounce house was a lot closer uh, a couple of years ago. Last year, Cincinnati absolutely blew this team out, so that actually worries me a little bit for the revenge factor. And you're right. I do like John Rice Plumley um, and what he's Reese. doing. Right. Reese is Plumley. Ooh, that's good for Halloween. John Reese is Plumley. John Reese's, so yeah. it's like a plum f- well, flavor. If his name uh, were Reese's, Reese's and not Rice. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe, maybe, you know what does have rice is the 100 grand bars. 
which I love. Those don't have bar. rice. Yeah, they have like something rice here. Let me look at. No yeah, way. they do. Yeah. Hundred like, grand uh, bars don't have what, what rice. They're crisps. They're crisps. Crisp. They're crispy. Yeah, yeah. crispies. Yeah, no. not like no, not like <laughs> rice. That didn't mean rice. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was thinking rice crispy things. If there was head. rice in a candy I, bar, I, I that would to, be I disgusting. Should, I tried to shoehorn crispy into rice and his his <laughs> last name. Unbelievable. <laughs> but it Little yeah. side note too. I'm a. Bl- I believe that the the mini Reese's cups are better than the full size. I actually the ratio is. I disagree with that. The ratio is. I better. think the taste is different. I think they use exactly. like different ingredients. No, it's the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. There's no, too much peanut it. butter in the full size ones. I disagree. It's too rich. I disagree. As long as it's frozen, I'm I'm into it. Uh, uh, by that, the way, did you guys too. see the uh, uh, the Halloween candy here? I did not. I sh- so I've there's been a, eyeing at this you hide it from us? <laughs> there's a, no, there's bowl handle Halloween candy right there. Now, unfortunately, yesterday. What do you have there? Well, What's that's, the that's what I was getting yeah, to. Yeah, I don't see any Reese's. Yesterday, so. <laughs> there was a podcast that was here Picked recording. Over. Actually, two podcasts recorded in the studio yesterday, and they got first dibs, so they cleaned out some of the good candy. Wow. I'm going to take a look. Yeah, you take a look right now. Report back what's left. Yeah, I don't know what actually, they, I'd they like, took, they I'd took like the you to, to surprise me with the candy, would you, Smitty? They took the Reese's. They took some Kit Kats. There's not, yeah. It's gummy bears and nerds. Gummy <laughs> bears and nerds <laughs> is all that's left. left. Uh, what kind of gummy bears? Yeah, okay, I'll take them. Yeah, Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, look, I think I, I'm going with the fickle factor here, um, especially when you talk about a, a matchup between Luke Fickle and, and Gus Malzahn. Now, I like what, what UCF has going here, and you're right, they're, they're flying under the radar. Uh, I think that, that Cincinnati will be the, the public pick here, but if you're giving me points where I think Luke Fickle for sure has the coaching matchup edge against uh, Gus Malzahn, I'll take Cincinnati. So we have a spooky bet board. We've got a spooky uh, bet board. Cincy plus two for me. Uh, right. We move so, on. So, hey, no, we know, we're not yet moving on. Okay. Uh, I'm going to – I'm shoehorning a quick top seven for Halloween uh, candy. I know we did this last top year. Top so, seven. So I'm just throwing it – now here's why. I did this on – I filled in on one of the podcasts yesterday – Someone was sick. They called the six man. I filled in, and for that show, they talked some NFL in the a- AFC, NFC. There's seven teams, mm-hmm. so that's how we got to the top seven. So quickly, reaction. And by the way, this is the right answer. Like there is no arguing with this. This is the definitive top, top seven. seven. Yes. All right. Number seven, Kate Cat. Number six, no argument. Twizzlers, and these were all, by the way, you know, good already an candy. argument. Kit Cats are better. Six Twizzlers, five Milky Way. Yeah, no, four, I, I'm actually hating this list. The four, it goes. I four hundred grand bars. Like them, but not four. Oh, that is my number one most underrated candy. A hundred grand. And slash most controversial candy. All right, three Sour Patch Kids slash Sour Gummies okay. genre. Slash. Two. It's a good three. Butterfinger. One Reese's. Yeah, I mean, actually. Where's your Twix? I'm, yeah, I'm not oh, a fan. No it, Twix. Twix did not make the playoffs. That's absurd. Nope. The, the nope. Twix, Twix wouldn't be on there. Snickers nope. is better than a lot well, of those on there. Here's the thing there. with Snickers. Yeah, Snickers. Milky Way is a Snickers without peanuts. And it's a lot of people so argue. It's worse. That, yeah, exactly. See, maybe I messed that one up. Yeah. Like, maybe I got You're that one up. out like I'll, a perfect mix. Maybe, maybe Snickers should go on instead of Milky Way. That was probably a, a race to the end of the division or something. Yeah, I mean, Twix has to be on that list if, if no, you're no. asking me. Incorrect. Twix is not a top seven. By the way, these gummy bears that you have here, because Smitty. Smitty did me, did me the favor of giving me gummy bears from Black there. Forest. Uh, delicious, but they're mini. They're tiny little gummy bears. There's basically a total of three <laughs> gummy bears, uh, like regular sized gummy bears in this little bag. Yeah, There's like I, 10 mini gummy bears <laughs> that are so small. Like this one gummy bear is the size of like the leg of a normal gummy bear. Yeah, I went for the crunchy nerds and there was like six of them in there. They're pretty yeah. good though, right? Oh yeah, the I like the nerds crunchy nerds. I mean, nerds are better than some of those other ones on that list. Again, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Anyway, that's nerd, my top seven nerd list. Rope. That's my top seven. Nerd ropes are good. Man, I see. I, I feel like there's one I'm missing, though, 
that I'm not thinking I know, of. I can't think of it either. Just um, think of it by ingredient, right? So your caramel candies. You got to have your uh, your nougat candies. The peppermint ones, like a lot of people put the peppermint somewhere in that. I can't do a lot of those. I enjoy them. Almond Joy, see, I can't. I'm not the biggest Almond Joy fan, but they're okay. Um, I always liked, uh, what, what are the chocolate-covered peanuts? Are they goobers? I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Goobers. Yeah, Goobers. Yeah, Goobers. What do you think about the licorice candy? Oh, hell no. So I didn't like Twizzlers. Licorice. Well, I like Twizzlers. I just wouldn't have them ranked so high. Personally. Like a red vine, I think more. Like than the, the especially. In fact, no. See, I disagree. Twizzlers are sweeter. I could be mistaken. You know the, the pull and peel ones. Ooh, the pull and peels are super are delicious. <laughs> um, pull man, and peels. I, I did pull this up. Uh, the top ten candies in America, according to CandyStore.com, number ten candy corn. Nine. Disgusting. Nine oh is Tootsie gosh. Pops. This is probably by sales, though. No one's like... I like a good blow pop. Yeah. You like a bl- yeah, good you blow do. something. Uh, eight is Snickers. Blowing and going pops. <laughs> eight is Snickers. See? Snickers, Snickers doesn't Snickers even make America's top seven. Well, the top seven is questionable. Seven is Hershey's Kisses. Mm. Overrated. Yeah. Six is Sour Patch Kids. Five is Hot Tamales. Okay, but not top five material. Four is Starburst. Maybe that blonde. I like yeah. a good Starburst. Depending Especially the, the tropical Starburst, Ryan. Tropical's delicious. Uh, three M&M's, which the good thing about M&M's is I don't know if they're just doing normal peanut here. Yeah, variety. you got your peanuts, you got your crispies, you got your, your caramel M&M's. Oh, I, caramel I like M&M's. Very good. And they're convenient. Ooh. M&M's are a little underrated. Two Skittles and one Reese's. <laughs> Skittles are very good. Rolos also super Rolos underrated. Are Rolos, Rolos are, are very tasty. Good. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, give me a pack of uh, Berry's Sour Patch Kids. Okay. That's a solid one. Um, and then... God, what was it? It was like number four. Oh, 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 oh. Instead of Hot Tamales or Mike and Ike's, do you guys remember Zowers? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I forget do remember Zowers. Zowers are so bomb. I'm so glad Ryan said that to me. I, I can't believe I forgot Zowers, the, uh, the the forgotten child of candy bars. I, I would still put Zowers to this day number one candy above all For those. sure. Zowers oh, was my favorite candy. No, that's, favorite. I would put them that's number one. one. I, it's top ate, three. I would eat Zowers like cereal, and I, I would pour the milk in second. You know what's funny? <laughs> I, just for whatever reason, I have a memory of you always in high school having a box of peanut M&Ms. You were a peanut M&Ms I thought guy, you were going right? to say Zowers because I was all over about Zowers. Yeah. Yes, peanut M&M's were my thing. Junior Mints. Um, junior Mint. Oh, I'm a big Junior Mint guy. <laughs> big See, now you, you're going to have to reconsider this whole top seven list you <laughs> put know. together. going to have some heat coming on you at the comments, dude. I know. Wow. I, know. I, I mean, I love That's that we great. did that. Uh, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll get back to the games. Uh, we got uh, big SEC matchup, Kentucky at Tennessee. Chuck. Right now, the Vols, who I believe are ranked third in the country, 12.5-point home favorites to Kentucky. Now, Tennessee, of course, should be favored here, right? They have one of the best offenses in the country. They continue to win. They beat Alabama. Um, Kentucky continually is is playing up to their competition, and they've shown up really well in the games where they're not uh, where they're underdogs. Uh, in fact, they've won some outright. And so I, I'm. It's hard because I feel like this Tennessee team truly is one of the best in the country. I think they're good enough to where they could beat Georgia, and they should win this game. But there's something about Kentucky that feels mysterious where it's like there's some they have some magic especially well, on there's defense something about kentucky that you just don't know i don't know what song you're that's singing that's something about mary oh okay yeah okay yeah i mean i i was forgot not, but was that not good enough like sometimes my impressions are so far off you can't well, recognize it's not them, even an impression at that point i it think it's just land a, for me it's ability I, to sing <laughs> the song yeah, something about but mary, also yeah. i mean i know i talked about there's something about mary earlier so yes. I, it was a callback um there you go 
Yeah, I mean, there's just like they feel like a team that is going to continually cover spreads and play well against against uh, you know higher level competition. But going on the road here at Tennessee is a tough spot. And frankly, this is a big one for rivalry, right? I mean, these are divisional opponents. Um, I think that, that Kentucky is really good, but I'm worried that they're not going to be able to to hang with this Tennessee team and frankly slow down the Tennessee offense. And for that reason, I'm probably leaning Tennessee minus 12 and a half here. You're Tyler. not leaning Kentucky. No, right, but uh, I'm scared, honestly. Like, well, I, I've picked Kentucky in a lot of these games. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have a pick this game. I'm scared both ways. If I had to lean, though, I'd go Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky... It's kind of concerning to see their rushing uh, efficiency numbers this year. It's dropped substantially the last couple seasons with, with Stoops, and the perception is their run game is is one of the elite run games in the SEC, and I just don't agree with that. Uh, Tennessee is relentlessly executing offensively, and they're moving For the sure. ball quickly. They're third in pace. They're eighth in snaps per quarter, and they're doing it su- successfully. Obviously, they're scoring. Uh, I mentioned FEI offenses earlier. Number one offense in the country is uh, Ohio or uh, Ohio State. Number two allegedly. offense, in the, yeah, allegedly. Uh, number th- uh, two offense in the country is uh, Tennessee. So, um, you know, they're going to move the football. They're going to have success, and I think that we're going to see a big offensive performance again. The rumor is they may get Cedric Til- uh, Cedric Tillman back, okay. that receiver who was injured for a couple weeks, and that was a big deal. I mean, I think he's still projected to be a first round pick. And so he, he may be back. I put it right, 65, 70% right now on Wednesday. Um, and keep in mind, they've been fine at receiver since he's left. Jalen Hyatt took over. He's got 40 catches this year. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hyatt does. Almost 20 yards a catch, 12 touchdowns. And Brew McCoy, too. Don't forget about him. Yeah, and uh, I, I call him Broom McCoy because he mm. plays Quidditch as well. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk offensive line. Uh, Tennessee's O-line is actually good, not great. And I was surprised to see this because I figured when you're putting up the numbers Tennessee is – Sometimes what happens is you just kind of get garbage numbers as an offensive lineman because you're doing so well behind. Uh, there's so much go- good going on behind you. Yep. But I didn't see that with Tennessee. They're 67th in standard down line yards. Uh, they're 57th in sack rate. But it is promising to see their fifth overall in stuff rate. So they're not getting pushed back. Stuff rate is just how often are they hitting the running back before the line of scrimmage. And no one's really doing that to Tennessee. So, you know, they're good, not great in a lot of those categories. But it, it, that's going to be something to watch this game. And, you know, you ask, well, how are they going to match up with the Kentucky defensive line? D-line's actually better than I thought. 34th in the country in rushing yards allowed per game. But then look at their schedule. They're not playing great rushing teams. Miami of Ohio, Youngstown, Northern Illinois, yep. even Mississippi State, who runs the ball okay, but not like a classic, efficient run, uh, run offense. So I still have my reservations about that D-line for Kentucky. And also, they're not getting any pressure right now. 112th in the country in quarterback, uh, quarterback pressures, 124th in sack rate. And I think Hendon Hooker is just going to be comfortable back there. So I lean Tennessee. I don't like it, though, for the reasons Will said. That, that Kentucky is notorious for, for covering these games. And, uh, yeah, it's a pass for me. Yeah, and the other thing, too, that, that at least give, it's, if it's going to give me confidence for picking Tennessee here, it's that last year was like – the best year that Kentucky football has had in, I don't know, 20 or 30 years or something like that, right? They had a really good team last year, a really good defense, and Tennessee wasn't nearly as good as they were or as they are this year, right? But even still, last year, Josh Heupel's offense in his first year at Tennessee was able to score 45 points against Kentucky, right? And that was that was at Kentucky as well. Right. And Kentucky's offense was much better last year than it is this year. So if you're going to tell me that 
that a worse Tennessee team was able to score 42, 45 points on a better Kentucky team last year on the road. How many, you know, how is that going to, again, when we talk about matchups, Mark Stoops defense versus Josh Heupel's offense, that at least makes me feel good. Like, okay, Tennessee's going to continue to score uh, on, on Kentucky. And, and the real question becomes, how many points can Kentucky put up in order to keep this game close? Now, uh, 12 and a half points is a lot, especially in a divisional rivalry game. But again, uh, confident enough that I'm going to go with the Vols here, uh, even though it for sure will be the public pick. Which, yeah, again, super square pick. A little bit scary. But uh, and Tower, 12 and a half is one of those kind of dead floating around number. I mean, look, if it gets to 13, right, um, that could be something. So you're getting it at a, a decent price. Decent. Yeah. But again, a stay away for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we move on to Notre Dame at Syracuse. When, you know, Syracuse, of course, started out 6-0. and They play a tough game against Clemson last weekend. They don't get the win, but they're 6-1, and and they're hosting a Notre Dame team that's struggling, hasn't had a good year, and it shows in the spread, right? Before the season, no one in the world would have guessed that Syracuse would be favored by 2.5 points at home here over Notre Dame, but that's where we are. The total is at 47.5 points, again, indicating a, a lower-scoring game. Um Notre Dame is just like an afterthought to me this year. I talked about it when we gave out our midseason awards uh, last week, a week before that, whenever that was, I think it was two weeks ago, that you know they were my dumpster fire pick of the year. And it's not because of the worst team in the country. It's because no one is even thinking or talking about Notre Dame anymore. I mean, they're not in, in, in the news. No one in college football is talking about them. And that almost, if you're going to bet Notre Dame, this is probably a good time, right? Because they're certainly not a public team. And everyone just saw Syracuse play really tough against Clemson. We know they're having a good year. They're six and one. Syracuse, a lot of, a lot of injuries for Syracuse, so for sure. And 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 they're going to be the public bet here. Um, and with how bad Notre Dame is, you know, it 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 makes me think about just going blindly against the public and taking Notre Dame plus two and a half year Tyler because I think that all the world is going to want to pick Syracuse. What do you think? I mean, this game has me a little confused. I don't I don't love this game. And I, I have that answer, by the way, the look-ahead line for this. Uh, Notre Dame was minus 11. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still hesitant to buy it on Syracuse. I really am. I, they, I, I lost going against them last week, right? I took uh, Clemson, and I, I know I lost against them, you know, with that game, but that was more, in my opinion, about Clemson. Clemson had four turnovers. Syracuse had one. Clemson outgained Syracuse by 160 yards. Yep. Clemson had 27 first downs. Syracuse had 17. I'm not super eager to back Syracuse right now, but Notre Dame isn't super appealing either. I mean, I've got no idea what to make of their wins. They beat UNLV, BYU, North Carolina, Cal. Good wins, not great. I haven't seen that much to be really excited about. Uh, Notre Dame's 27th overall in FEI, and Syracuse is 24th. So I, too, I see two teams who are pretty similar in terms of the outlook on uh, football outsiders. And my ratings, you know, I've got Notre Dame, the 31st best team in the country, about nine points better than average. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this because of last week's game and the national perception about Syracuse, but... You know, I don't budge based on... Well, I, it's not that I don't budge because I, I think being flexible is actually something I do pretty well. But in general, my, my approach, you don't ever want to overreact any, for any given week. And as I said, that game, in my opinion last week, was more about Clemson than it was Syracuse. So there's not a huge upgrade or downgrade warranty for Syracuse. I've got the uh, Orangeman uh, uh, 30th in the country, the exact same rating, okay? Plus nine. It's maybe like a point or a tenth of a point behind. Mm -hmm. So I see these teams being very identical. Um, I, I, I don't have a play here. I'm not confident betting on either of these teams. I think Syracuse is bound for a bad run. I really believe... I think I said this last week. 
If my, you're overperforming. Yeah, I mean, I. It's just so weird when you hear the, a head coach talk about how he's happy to have six wins. How he's? I should have pulled the audio. Maybe we can play it next week. Yeah, he was he was like bragging they're bowl eligible. They're right? bowl eligible, and he's and, and but he was even asked. And, and again, I, we need to get the audio here so we have it exactly. But it was something along the lines of, "Are you really digging down, wanting to get to a certain wins? Do you want double digits?" And his response was, "No. We our goal is to make a bowl. We have accomplished that." It's such a bad approach for a coach that I want to bet on. Yeah, because now you're there. You achieved your goal, there, and it's, it's week like nine. It's there. It's so it, it, but I think the reason is because he knows what kind of team he has. He sees the schedule coming up just like we do, and that's why I truly believe at the end of the year they may have maybe like nine wins. I think they may win three more games. Yeah, they kind of remind me of Kansas. You know, we were just kind of waiting for, exactly. the, for the other shoe to drop. Oh, poor Other Kansas. shoe to drop. Um, yeah, I mean, look. Other uh, slipper, other red slipper to drop, right? A little Wizard of Oz, Kansas reference. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 my betting against the public makes me want to pick Notre Dame plus two and a half here, but it's concerning, right? I mean, say what you want about Syracuse; they've been a pretty good defensive team. Uh, they showed up well. I know they got outgained, but they they played a, a good Clemson team really tough and they were physical which I like and you look at Notre Dame's offense and you know not a lot is making you want to want to pick on uh, pick them to score points right i mean they're averaging barely you know not, uh, not even 27 points per game so that ranks 82nd out of 131 teams in the country that's terrible and so I think that's why you see such a low total here. I think that Sean Tucker, you know, he's he's been pretty mobile and, and a good runner um, for for Syracuse and uh, at, at quarterback. And then obviously, um, you know, uh, uh, or Garrett Schrader, excuse me, is 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 the quarterback who's mobile. Sean Tucker is the running back. Now, Sean Tucker didn't really have they didn't hand the ball off to him very much against Clemson last week, and that concerns me because I do. I mean, ultimately Notre Dame does have a good defense, um, but. I'm gonna take Notre Dame plus two and a half here, Tyler. Even though I don't like betting on their their offense, it really is just a play on. I think that not anyone in the world is gonna want to be picking Notre Dame in this spot, and so I'm strictly gonna fade the public. So I'm gonna go with the Irish. Cool, plus two and a half. All right, Will's on the Irish. I am uh, passing. Stay away from Tyler again. Um, we move on to. Don't criticize my stayaways. I heard a little... This is why your record's fantastic and mine is barely above 500. <laughs> <laughs> um, we move on to another Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma going on the road at Iowa State. Current, I got a bet for this game. The Sooner, I love it. I the, got a bet for this Sooners game. Sooners are minus one and a half. A really bad year for Oklahoma, but they got a bounce back win in their last game. Uh, they go to an Iowa State team that hasn't, you know, their record isn't great as far as wins and losses, but they're playing everyone really tough, Tyler. So tell me how you're seeing this breakdown. Boomer sooner, boomer sooner. That's how I see it. And then don't you just repeat that twenty-seven times for yeah, the basically, yeah. 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 When we do our uh, gotta uh, keep the fight song deep lyrics. When we do our tailgate bracket of uh, fight songs, that's gonna be first round it, exit, right? That's the salad. Yeah. It would win the bracket of annoying fight songs. Yes. Uh, so Oklahoma. All right. I know a lot of people sold their stock after the Texas game, which I don't blame you. Didn't look good at all. But last week. Oklahoma answered a lot of questions for me. They came back. They put up 701 yards against Kansas. Holy cow. I, I know. Poor I know Kansas. Kansas doesn't have like the most amazing defense ever, but still, they were dialed in. And that answered so many questions to me. What were they going to do? What was this uh, team going to come out and, and perform like? And how are they going to respond? We see Jimbo Fisher losing the locker room. Players are looking to transfer. You haven't heard a lot of that. You've heard some. 
but not the same transfer news, the the sky is falling right. at OU. I think they're sort of buying in, and those who aren't, are they're not getting some time. We're seeing some young players come in, and I'm impressed with what OU did last week. So, that, and by the way, that was actually two weeks ago. They had a bye wet last you, week. Thank you, thank so, you for the correction. Yes, their last the game. Thank you very much. Uh, so let's talk about that last game. 52-42 against uh, Kansas. Let's dial in again and, and see exactly what happened in that game. I, I was, I, I think that the score lied. I think that they played so much better than Kansas. They outgained Kansas by almost 300 yards. Again, I said they, they put up 701. They had 36 first downs to Kansas's 22. And Eric Gray, their running back, had almost 200 yards by himself on the ground. Oklahoma had two wide receivers over 100 yards each. Uh, one of them, Marvin Mims. I love that name. Mimsy. Come on now, Mimsy. And uh, <laughs> I know Kansas isn't anything to write home about defensively, like I said, but that's a great indication for betting on OU. Oklahoma's got the 17th best offense according to Football Outsiders, and they're getting off to better and better starts. They're actually the 10th best team in the country in first quarter scoring. So I don't just don't know if Iowa State has enough to keep up. And I understand... Uh, Look, I have said what I said about Mike Campbell. I've actually bet on him a couple times this year. He has said that he was elite. Too. And they're, they're, they may give OU, they may give, sure, sure has. They may give OU some problems, but I don't think for four quarters they're going to be able to slow uh, OU down. Mm-hmm. And I'll also also say this: I know the Cyclones have had a tough run. Zero and four their last four after the three and zero start. By the way, those three wins against Southeast Missouri State, Iowa, and Ohio. But losses to Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas. So it's like they're beating who they should beat. They're losing to the other teams. And that is a pretty uh, pretty rough stretch. Iowa State, though, 93rd in yards per game. Uh, excuse me, yeah, 93rd in yards per game, 103rd in yards per play. And their offensive line is 120th in average line yards. Again, average line. So you combine all that stuff. Standard down, passing down. How do they do it collectively? not performing well on the offensive line. So Oklahoma, I think they've shown enough for me to feel comfortable betting about the, uh, betting on them. Their players are, are going to be fired up, I believe. We're going to see some young talent, and um, I think OU's a good bet here. I think we're getting them for a little bit of a, a discount because of what we've seen recently, and people are apprehensive to bet right now on the Sooners. So I'll take OU at Iowa State, uh, minus one and a half. Yeah, and you mentioned that that they had the breakout performance against Kansas a couple weeks ago where they scored, what, like 50, 50 points 52. or something like that. They also gave up 42. But that was my point, is you look at the yardage, they outgained Kansas by about 300 yards. Right. There were turnovers, there were issues. Big they plays. They had 36 first downs for sure. to Kansas' yeah. 22 first downs. I so. feel like Kansas kind of came back late, gar- kind of garbage time points. Yeah, and they were like big plays, and, and that, that, that concerns me a little bit because ultimately I think that, that Iowa State you know, historically, the last they they haven't won a lot against Oklahoma, right? But they've they played Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma teams pretty damn close over the last like four or five years. Now, that being said, it's not a Lincoln Riley team anymore. We don't know how Matt Campbell's uh, scheme is going to work compared to Brett Venables. But typically, Iowa State has played this team close. But you're right; it's not a it, it doesn't make me feel good that that Oklahoma is coming off a bye and that they were able to score a lot of points. However. Again, like Iowa State has proven one thing this year, and the record isn't great, but they they've done a good job at forcing teams that are you know good offensive teams to kind of do something different. They take them out of their game, right? They did it to Texas. They've done it to to other teams, and and I I think that Iowa State will keep this game closer than what people expect. But again, like the line's only one and a half one and points, a half points closer. And so it, to me, what that means is that. 
it's probably going to come down to like which team can make a play, you know, to, to break the game open. And if I'm going to pick on another team to, to do that, it's definitely going to be Oklahoma because ultimately I think they're just more capable of doing that, right? I put more faith in Dylan Gabriel and the talent that Oklahoma has on offense. So I'm going to go uh, with you. I'm going to take Oklahoma minus one and a half. However, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is ugly for like three quarters and then maybe one team kind of just get, gets one big play late and that's kind of what decides you know the, the outcome. You know, I thought for a sec you were going to go uh, Iowa State there. And this, to me, is a similar handicap to the UCF-Cincinnati game because I am fading Cincinnati because I think that the history doesn't match up with who they are this season. Right. And you can talk about Fickle, like I said, and all that stuff, and history against UCF and all that, but it, if it's not the same team, you're not going to get the same results. It's the same handicap here, essentially, for me. Iowa State's been a different team in the past than I believe they are this year. I think for they're sure. a step below. Yeah. And I know OU has as well, but we have to factor in what Iowa State is this year, this year too, and honestly what OU is becoming. So I just think those handicaps are similar, but uh, no bet board game there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next up, we've got Ole Miss. So are you on Sooners minus one and a half? I two? am. I okay, am. So that's that a is Tyler my bet as well. Yes. Um, okay, we move on to uh, our, our last game here, an SEC matchup. We've got Ole Miss going on the road at A&M. Currently, um, the, the Rebels are one-and-a-half-point road favorites here going into College Station. Now, I talked about it at the beginning of the show when we did College Football News. There are rumors and bad things coming out if you're a, a Texas A&M fan about the state of the locker room or the program or, or how people are feeling, how the players are feeling. And it feels like A&M is at a tipping point where – Maybe Jimbo Fisher could start to lose the locker room. You're going to see guys leaving the team, leaving the program, transferring out. Um, and Ole Miss, of course, they need a bounce-back game here, right? They lost last week to, to LSU uh, on the road, and an LSU team that we think is really good. Now, there's familiarity here, too, with the coaching staffs that I think is interesting. DJ Durkin, who is now the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. DJD? He, he was at Ole Miss last year, and he had a really good uh, – he did a great job – at uh, Ole Miss last year, and and it's been kind of up and down for Ole Miss or, or for A and M for for him there at A and M this year for their defense. But the main thing is that A and M's offense has been the, the the real problem, right? The defense hasn't been nearly as good as we expected it, but that's not why their record is what three and four now or four and three. Um, it, it to me, it's all about A and M's offense, and I believe they're coming off a bye. Is that right? Is A and M? They have a bye last week. Mm, let me check that. Can I you thought that I remember watching them last week, but maybe that's just my brain playing tricks on me. No, you might be right. I, I could be wrong here. But either way, I mean, look, to me, this is all about, I think that the, it's a lot easier for Lane Kiffin to motivate his players right now after that loss to LSU to say, hey, we're not out of it yet for, for the division. Uh, we can still go if we can beat Alabama. You know, we're in the race. We're in the hunt for the SEC West. Whereas, yeah, they lost to uh, South Carolina last week. That's right. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't a bye week, but AM lost to South Carolina. That's yeah. that's coming not... off of a bye week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they had, so, they had two weeks to prep for that game. There you go. And and so, I think that right now you're seeing two teams that that are going opposite directions. And and again, Great. it's going to be a lot easier for Lane Kiffin to keep his guys focused and motivated than it is for Jimbo Fisher at AM right now. You got players getting stolen in the locker room apparently getting suspended guys transferring out who knows things are bad um you you mentioned that they haven't played a home game in a while yeah. and so this is a, an opportunity for AM to maybe get back into their comfort zone and play a home game here against Ole Miss but even still 
nothing is 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 giving me any indication to ride with A&M here strictly from a you know we talk about it when we break down bowl games especially at the end of the year what's the motivation like do, do the players want to play in it it's not normally as much of a factor in the middle of the season but when you have a program like this that is like teetering on on implosion right uh, we saw it with Texas last year where like a couple losses turn into like six in a row and so this is a, the same thing and motivation is playing a huge factor so I'm taking Ole Miss minus one and a half we're going to learn a lot this week about Jimbo Fisher and if he can get his players ready and this is going to be a huge telling point if I'm going to want to bet on and moving forward because I don't have a pick this game um, this is a pass for me uh, I would lean Ole Miss, though, with you. I'm, I'm scared about this one, but we're going to learn a lot, like I said, about Jimbo. This is similar, again, comparing games to Brett Venables at Oklahoma, and this is what I was talking about last week. Why I like OU this week is I saw what I needed to, and Brett Venables got them ready after that 49-0 loss. If A&M can off a bye week after all the nonsense distractions, loss at South Carolina, come back and cover the spread, if not win this game... That's going to say a ton about Jimbo, the state of that program, and the mental state of the players right now. So because I don't know that, it's tough for me to have any side here, but I do have some numbers. As I mentioned, A&M hasn't played a home game. We've said that, I've said that a couple times now since the 17th. So just to lay the schedule out, they had three home games in a row, Sam Houston, App State, Miami. Then they had a neutral game against Arkansas at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina, and in between Alabama and South Carolina, there was a bye. So neutral, road, road, by road. I mean, this has been a long time coming since they've gone back home, and I think that's going to help them. So that's also why I'm kind of avoiding this game for AM. But Ole Miss bouncing back is going to be a factor. Last week they were embarrassed, and I even I had LSU because Ole Miss's defense is shaky. They have holes, and they have some problems. But A&M, 94th in yards per play, 114th in offensive efficiency. They just, as Will mentioned, that's been the issue this year. They haven't moved the football. And I just think Ole Miss is going to get back to running the ball. And Ole Miss's win against Auburn, (laughs) think about this. They ran the ball 69 times. Ole Miss did. A lot of teams don't have that many plays in a weekend. Auburn ran it 60, or uh, they ran it 69 times against Auburn. Last week against (laughs) LSU, they ran it 37 times, which is still, I mean, not low, but they need to be getting it up where they're pounding it and just running the football. So uh, it's still not horrible, but uh, they had 80 plays that game where they ran it 37 times. So either way, I just think Ole Miss is going to overwhelm A&M, get back to that run game, and and find some some, uh, success. So we'll lean Ole Miss, but no pick there for me. Okay, and we're we're not doing full breakdowns because there are some bigger matchups, but the spreads are really big. Like, for instance, Georgia-Florida, of course, world's largest outdoor cocktail party, a rivalry game, but Georgia 22.5-point favorites here. Uh, Do you have any... You know, any notes on that, at least for where you might lean? Like, is that number just too big? Is that a stay away game for you for sure? So let me uh, give my power ratings off the top of my head. It wasn't uh, I don't because what I do is when I focus in on a lot of the games I want to talk about or they're the big games we that you send over on the outline. Um, then yeah. I like dial in on my on my handicaps and I sort of like get it ready for the show and like go through it a little more. So I don't have a lot ready for that, but I can give you some power ratings. Uh, let's see. Florida has fallen to. Oh, goodness. They are 36th right now in my rankings. Talk about a fall, too, from where they started the year as well. So I've got Georgia about, just pure power ratings, about 22 points better. So And the spread's at 23, so it's right there. Okay, yeah. So so that's that. But that's pure power ratings without any other X's and O's. And as I say, that's a good starting point for you listening. If you want to dive in and do some some, some, some matchup stats, things like that, that's my starting point is is, uh, 22-point favorites. And it's neutral, right? 
Oh uh, yeah, neutral site. Yeah, so that's um, that, that would be my line. It's twenty two, just based on that. Georgia coming off a bye. I don't. I I believe that that uh, that Florida uh, played last week. Let me check on that. Or maybe they're both coming off a bye. Florida. Um, yeah, actually, both teams coming off a bye. So, if if anything, having both teams having two weeks to prepare for each other might make me lean towards Florida because I think that you know a lot of times like that's how you see. Um, like when we get to the playoffs and there's a lot of time off, like the teams have so much extra time to prepare that you see a little bit of a closer game. If I was gonna going to go with one team here, I'd I'd probably take Florida with that big of a spread just in a rivalry game. But I wouldn't feel great about it because ultimately I think that Georgia is, is just you know I, I still think they're the best team in the country um, despite some of the you know maybe like hiccups they've had this year. Uh, they could easily blow out Florida, and then same goes for for Michigan, Michigan State. That's that's a big one uh, for Saturday, and Michigan's right now a twenty three point favorite. Now we're gonna get into Smitty's picks and our Knights of the Square Smitty's table. Um, I have a four game parlay, but Smitty, uh, let's hear your picks. What do you got? Um, so I'm gonna start out with uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, while I don't think Penn State will win, I do think they'll cover. I have seen this. You know, movie before. Do you know what time kickoff is for that game? Is it late? That's a good question. Let me. I, I've, I've I, seen that late. It's not night. a whiteout game, so it's, it's not. But no, I think, State, it's, I think it's a twelve thirty noon, Pacific noon uh, kick. Uh, Man, I that's a Pacific. bummer. I like to have those games in prime time. Let man. me look. Yeah, it's a it's a noon Eastern kick. Okay, so I, I'm going to still take uh, Penn State to cover. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma State, um, Notre Dame, just like you will, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Notre Dame. All right, I'm into it. Tennessee. Go through that Ole one Miss. more time. One more time for the kids at home. Uh, Penn State, Oklahoma State, uh, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Okay. All right. And I've got my four game uh, a night to the square table parlay right Let's here. Let's hear it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to include Ole Miss minus one and a half from from the games you just broke down, and then I got three that are coming from uh, off the board. Off the board. Okay. Uh, Michigan State plus twenty three at Michigan, even though. I think that Michigan is much better this year, and they want revenge from from losing uh, last year. Twenty three points is too much in this rivalry game. Mel Tucker is, has proven. I mean, he's two and zero against Harbaugh, and, and including some some big underdog matchups. Now, I think that Michigan State is is not a very good team this year, um, but twenty three points is a lot in a rivalry game like this. I think Michigan wins, but I'm going to go uh, Michigan State plus twenty three, Ole Miss minus one and a half. Illinois minus seven and a half at Nebraska. Uh, things are just a mess at Nebraska, and Illinois is rolling. I think they're going to be able like to run that. the ball very easily. And then Northwestern plus eleven at Iowa. Northwestern has won four out of the last six matchups <laughs> straight up against Iowa, and five of the last six games in in general have been single digit wins. Uh, I don't see any reason to to go against uh, Northwestern plus eleven here. So again. Illinois minus seven and a half, Northwestern plus eleven, Ole Miss minus one and a half, Michigan State plus twenty three. One thing to consider in the Iowa game is how different does this offense look? Like right. I think that what happened is when Kirk Ferentz stepped down, Brian Ferentz is taking over. That's the that's the news, right? That's the whole story. I that's thought the, that was just a rumor. I don't oh, you I don't think that's official. Is I that tweeted official? that out. Yeah, oh I thought that was a rumor that went out. Going into the show, Some asshole I actually, tweeted it. I legit read that five minutes before the podcast and thought that was like a thing. Well, so, if anything, you would think Brian Ferentz has stepped down because he's the offensive that's coordinator. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> that but it me. was I'm, a rumor that went out. Okay. It, well, if that was on the show outlines, I would have figured that out. But I'm glad we went over that because that would have been a factor for me. But is that not true? It's not true. Jesus no, Kirk Ferentz is still the head coach. He'll probably get extended after this year because that's just what they do at Iowa. Well, <laughs> I clearly didn't have a breakdown for that. But I do have my uh, three-team parlay as well. Okay. 
this is my your money line your money mo- dog my money dog parlay so i take three teams every week i go money line underdog and uh here they are we're gonna go ecu which we talked about so i'm gonna take ecu money line plus 135 we're gonna take uh we're gonna throw oklahoma state in there okay we talked Oaks. about it we talked about it today now they're plus uh plus one i think right uh yeah it's like pl- it? plus 105 for the oh, money line. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. so plus 105. And then uh, Missouri is at South Carolina. I think Missouri Ooh. upsets South Carolina on the road. That's plus 150. So Right as the Cox get ranked, exa- you're going you're gonna to go against them. Yes, I am. Uh, I think they're very overrated. So uh, we're going to go. That's plus 1,100, 11 to 1. Missouri, to 1. Oklahoma State, and East Carolina. That's big time. Uh, listen. Big time. Uh, everyone have a safe and fun Halloween. Enjoy your your parties. Have Enjoy the, uh, the candy corn. Uh, have a nice spooky candy weekend. Candy corn. F- gross. Disgusting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Follow us on Instagram at Tailgate. Uh, bet on BetUS.com. Use our promo code tailgate. We'll see you Sunday.